It is Thursday, in case you're still in that uh, post-vacation fog, Lori. Thursday, this is the second hour of the show. First hour was pretty great. Lots of stuff to go back and podcast if you want. The Matt Belanger segment. The Brad Pitt dream. The The Brad Brad Pitt Pitt dream. dream. What are you talking about, Rock? I had to send Allison Kaplan. I sent her a a tweet or a text, and I said, you have to listen to the surprising end of Lori's Brad Pitt dream yeah. in our first hour. I mean, you know you're relaxed when you have, like, just, I just haven't had just such a lovely, dream. I want a good dream. Mm-hmm. How often do you guys have one of those dreams where it's so good and then you sort of catch yourself and then you wake up and you're like, come on, I was just that, that flying doesn't happen. winning the lottery. Not often lately, with I Brad feel like. But, yeah, it... It, yeah, that's the most annoying because you know it was good or something was happening and it was and or something and then it just is gone. That's why you're ah. supposed to open your eyes, your eyes slowly, like alarm clocks or buzzing is not a good way to remember your dreams. Have you guys ever tried to journal your dreams or get into lucid dreaming? That sort I of just thing. Maybe when I was in therapy in my twenties. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. They say you're supposed to write them down. That'll help. I haven't. I really have to admit, I um, am spending too much time awake at night right now. And I like, I woke up. No, it bums me out because mm-hmm. I'll go to. I'm thinking I'm going to bed early, like you know. 11, mm-hmm. which is kind of on the earlier side for me, but I'm up at 2.35 or 4 o'clock the other night. call my mom. She's I was awake. so bummed. I'm like, this is, I started reading, you know, and I just, I'm like, this is such a drag. It's not even, the night isn't even halfway done. Well, don't watch this show if okay, you what? are, um, don't want to stay awake. So I've been quietly watching this show that's been appointment tv on showtime rocco since it started so this would have been like probably the beginning of january it's called your honor with brian cranston yes and um casey watched for like three episodes and then he dropped out for a very annoying reason but luckily i said i don't need you to watch a show this can be an ironing Putzing around in my room show. So I would always watch it on Monday morning, the day after it aired. So the finale was a week ago, um, Sunday. And I remember when I was leaving on the trip and I thought, oh, oh, I'm not going to look at the Internet. There won't be any spoilers for me for your honor because I won't be looking for it. Sure. You know, and so this morning, though, I finally had a chance to watch it. And I flippin' loved that show. It is a Shakespearean Epic. So he's a judge. I'll set it up for okay. you. Okay. So he, the guy who created the show, he's won a BAFTA. He created the show called Criminal Justice, which he then adapted into a show that I know Julia and I watched. I don't know about you, Rocco. The Night of. Oh, oh I did watch that. Yeah. Yes. Great. Just limited series. Limited great. series. Great show. Tom so he, the mm-hmm. guy who created The Night of, he did. did the Honor. He your did honor. Your Honor. And he. Kind of got the idea from his an Israeli TV series, which if you remember, didn't wasn't Homeland a Israeli TV I series? Right, yeah. I think yeah. it was. But he mostly went on his own after just borrowing a killer concept from that show, and he set the drama in New Orleans. Got Brian Cranston to play a righteous and good judge okay. who turns, but then. Something bad happens, 
everything he held dear, he how far would he go to cover something up? Mm-hmm. And uh, the victim that's involved in this story is the mob boss of one of the biggest crime syndicates in the whole Southeast, Jimmy Baxter, played by the great Michael Stuhlbeg, who, if you watch Boardwalk Empire, he played Al Capone. Okay. He's really terrific, and um, the whole cast is good. The kids, the but every single week, it was like the screw turned. I mean, with the web of lies, it was... This will be such a binge, bingey show. Like I had to watch this every week, but I'd be a week, you know, the next day, and I, I would, I just, I just couldn't believe it. And the the ending, okay, wow, right. So it's just one season, ten it's episodes. It's just a ten episode thing. Critics did not like. No, this they show. didn't. Because I remember when it started, and I'm like, well, but people critics don't like didn't it. like Notting Hill and sure. Love Actually right. and many other right. television shows. They hated Cheers when that came out right. and Friends. I'm gonna watch this, but you said Casey quit. I mean, is it anxiety ridden? Because like I quit Ozark for that. Oh well, this is a very tense show. It is a very tense show. But I think what you might like about it is that. The question is, how far will a parent go to protect their kid? It's scary. And that is an interesting thing. Our gal from the affair, Moira Tierney, is in it. It's just the whole cast is... Hope Davis. Hope Davis. It's really... And you know what? It's kind of fun to see a show filmed in New Orleans. The Garden District, and you're down on Bourbon Street, and you see the Ninth Ward, and they address everything that... You know, there's a whole nother side of the story that it, it's just, wow. It, you know, when you're saying that, how far would you go for um, your child? It reminded me of the book we read, The Chain, by, yeah. a, by Adrian McKinsey. Or just yesterday, The Kids with Bright Futures. Right, Kids yeah, with Bright the, Futures, right. But this happens, there is a hit-and-run accident okay. that sets the whole story Ooh, off. Sounds good. And, yeah, it really, really really is good and i don't i don't i didn't find it to be i at the end of it i was just like walter who and so you forget who he was walter White. from breaking Back. walter right you don't and, even think about but him. do you is does it set up for a season two or does it end? no it is there's a beginning middle ends, and end. yeah this is just a one and done and that's the way it should be so it's like a sad it, but it was just really a a Shakespearean I want epic all right I want to watch I'm willing to watch this Yeah I think it you sounds, should it sounds Rocco, kind do you have Showtime I do yeah Yeah I I don't think um I'm I'm steering you guys wrong with no, that No all right It was really something and I mean I would guess Margot Martindale is in it from oh, the Americans she's so great We love her and it's just really well done and the the twists and turns and I don't know I, I I love telling Casey that he dropped he, out too soon. Right. And, and for once, he, he didn't leave me on. He left the ledge, and he shouldn't have left the ledge. And what does he think? Let's okay, because I didn't Netflix like it anyway. The Netflix ledge, that's what we call it yeah. when one of us leaves that's the show. Funny. I'm leaving you on the ledge on this one. That's funny. <laughs> right now, we're binging Call Your Agent. 
Oh, that's so good. That I told show's you about amazing. That one. Yeah, yeah, that one's so good. Which one's that? It's a French... Call Your Agent on Netflix. It's basically a dramatic ver- French version of Entourage. It is. Uh-huh. And it is really good. And they have real French stars, Juliette Binoche, uh, Jean Dujardin from The Artist. Um, it's so well done. And um, we got to go to the Cannes Film Festival, yeah, I, the finale of season two. Was, I'm, I'm very excited about I'm it. I'm sensing a pattern from you, Laura. You're watching a lot of import shows. Well, that's what is on when you've gone through all the... I know, Laura's watched everything. <laughs> yeah. But think of how we've spent our year watching yeah. watching and observing. All the HBO programming right now is like Europe. It is, Laurie. But Showtime, yeah. that but the was... the investigator is one you told us yeah, about yesterday that we should Europe. watch. Yeah, yeah I Anyway, mean... but the Call Your Name is just a delicious... That's not anything tense. Oh, that no. is just a good show. And Wacko, like Casey, it's good. Casey likes it, too. Yeah. And it's like our wheelhouse. It reminds me of Entourage yeah. in that way of... Totally. The inside view of... Being an agent, it doesn't matter where you are. You it's talk fascinating. Your it really is. They are the people that are holding a lot of keys. Yeah, they are. Right. I never finished the French show Lupin. Oh, Rocco what's wrong with you? Know. I watched one and I liked it. Yeah, oh, I binged that five, right away. Yeah. You know what, Rocco? Sometimes you got to write them down. I know. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Look at my book. I have all the. I have a book. You got to write them down. I have you forget. A book of everything we're supposed to be watching. Anyway, so uh, your honor on Showtime and wherever Showtime ends up dropping it, but it's. I thought it was really great. And call your name. All right. It's all my agents. Call, right. call my agent. Call right? my agent. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Call my agent. I'm getting mixed up with the movie. We'll be right back. With you know, I talk. saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if... And now, Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. That's something for you guys. How, you know, when you're driving down a highway and there's the dotted white lines, you know, yes. white dash, 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 dash. How long do you guys think those white lines are? White line. Oh, like each one? Yeah. Isn't there a song? White right, line. Right, because when you're driving, they seem like they're just little dots. But I suppose if, if you're just standing still, they're maybe four feet long. I don't know. Lori? I, now you got me singing, thinking what of that white lines? line song from the 80s. That's such that's a, such a Rocco, good... if you, you don't know that jam. Oh, yeah, lines. that's uh, d- the cocaine song. The cocaine song. Like a phenomenon. Yeah, that's right. But it's... Yeah, the way it yeah. starts white was always such lines. a good <laughs> song. <laughs> and you could just <laughs> start <laughs> doing the... Uh, uh, let me have... Yeah, right, get, open me a beer. I'll pull it up while Lori guesses. All right, Lori guesses. So he said three feet. Ten. Oh, Those are ten feet long. I just—I don't even know what lines we're talking about because I haven't thought about lines? anything but the song now since All right, you said All right, now here's a good one because we were talking about I thought how... we were going to hear the song. All right, here we go. Turn yeah. it up. This is such a good song. It is such a good song. Grandmaster Flash. Is that what it is? Yeah. Bass. This was the best this was song to get song. ready to this for is going a good out. Song. Dreams of passion. And you could like do your mascara and then take a swig of beer and then dance to your girlfriend and then you'd like hold up a top and then do your other eye. It was conducive to like dancing and drinking and putting on makeup. Yes. And so getting fun. everybody like feeling in the ready mood. to go. Yeah. And say no to drugs every Gosh, no, but do you remember how much fun it was to pregame? Yeah. So much the pregame oh. was more fun than the game sometimes. I loved I mean I, I know. 
But I mean, we would have so much but fun. But you would have certain songs that would Abs- be your songs. We'd have for Paradise on the da- Dashboard Lights because nice. we'd just scream it. Yeah, this was, I didn't like, you know, this, we, we screamed it. I liked Party Train by the Gap Band. That was another one to get ready to. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And but White Lines out because you, cr- you can kind of you can kind of like move more slowly. Mm-hmm. And then if you know the words, you know. Oh, my gosh. Pre-gaming. Doesn't that sound so foreign? Getting ready with girlfriends and Mm -hmm. going out. I mean, Mm -hmm. that just sounds so old, so long ago. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit. You got back from Hawaii. And we're talking about the temperate weather there, that it never gets too cold and it never gets too warm. kind of your It is. So here, this is funny because this this showed up today. Hawaii has the record for the highest low temperature and the lowest high High. temperature in the United States. Because of Mauna Kea. It's all-time low in Hawaii was 15 degrees. It has never been colder than that. And every other state has. And was that up at Mauna Kea? It doesn't say. Oh, okay, but probably. And it's all-time high, though, was 98 degrees. It's never made it into 100. 100 yeah. Isn't that just kind of a wild? I just thought that was kind of like, whoa. Wait, Hawaii's never, it's never been 100 in Hawaii? No. No, it's. Wow. It's, it's so temperate, the way the winds go through there. Is, and, yeah. It doesn't and have a, a a hot season, a rainy it season. It's just got the same pretty much beautiful weather year round. It just I has got, rainy sides of the island. And sometimes, like when I worked there, I lived there for fifteen months in eighty four and eighty five. And when um, I'd go to work from, I lived in Waikiki, and my work was probably like eight blocks from where I lived. And I'd go to work, and I'd had an umbrella because. The rain would come at you sideways, straight mm-hmm. forward. So we'd hold the umbrella in yeah. front of us like we're charging at kind it. Kind of monsoon. It really would mm-hmm. be like that. And then it'd be done. Done. Mm-hmm. I got sick of the nice weather. It can be. Uh, that's a very island or any place so where you have the same weather. sick of being on the island. Yeah, I know it. It's a, it's a real Island thing. fever. Yeah. I was so, when I came home, I was like, because you can never just bop to see anyone. It's five hours even to get to L.A. You know, it's eight yes. hours to get to Minnesota. It was just such a trip. Yeah, a track. Well, Casey, when he was in the army, yeah. he didn't ever he come home no, once. No, he was there for six years or something. Mm-hmm. A long time. Okay, Howard Johnson's the Hojo's. You know, Hojo. love a Hojo. Uh, these are luxury brand hotels in China. Did you know that? I didn't. Know. Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. We are all busy, and with Factor, eating fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash LJPod50 and use code LJPod50 to get 50% off. That's code LJPod50 at factormeals.com slash LJPod50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
know. They're all four and five star hotels. The the last great Do they have the little orange peak roof I, I and the motel design. The last great hojo was at Times Square. And I remember going there with my mom and my sisters. And then it's gone in Times Square. It's turned into the M and M store. Oh yeah, the trip that I was deliberately left out were. of. Oh, I, but notice I, how I never even really got mad about it. I mean, I there were other people who were mad on my behalf. They were probably were your mom and your sisters and your brother. Yeah, you thought that was pretty rude. You wouldn't have wanted to. My sisters and I got in that most epic fight. <laughs> but you Rocco. might not have gotten in the fight oh. if I'd been there, Julia. Oh, it was so... I would have been like the the buffer. My One of my sisters... Was having... Um, her period mm-hmm. for every minute of every day okay. for 10 years. <laughs> but it was literally... We all have sisters, and everyone knows there's ones that are easier than others. I mean, yeah. you always talk yeah. about the mean one and the nice yeah. one. I yeah. never even go that far, but right. I've got a... Uh, one that was something. Yeah. On it, remember when we were going to see the Statue of Liberty? And it, I wasn't okay, there. All right, so yeah. Lori didn't get invited. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I forgot you weren't invited, but we went to see the Statue of Liberty, Rocco, and you're in this big line that goes around. And, and if you'd asked me, I would have told you, don't ever do that. That is a waste oh. of time. You take the Staten Island Ferry and wave at the Statue oh, of Liberty. We were going to go find Dad at Ellis Island. Don't get off on the yeah. island. Oh, but we, my sister just had to screaming. go over. And, and literally, there's families right next to us. And it was like the lowest low of our life because I'm screaming back at her. Oh. Bleep you. <laughs> there's families all around. And I'm just like, you're so delusional. No right. one can Standing and people around are like, you. What's that? What's that accent? I don't know. Maybe Minnesota, Wisconsin, Canada. <laughs> it was so brutal. But you're right. If you would have been there, you would have probably taken away all of that. Yeah. Boy, that was a trip. Mm-hmm. Huh? I was just looking around. Howard Johnson. Hojo. I think the closest one to here is in like Waterloo, Iowa. Well, that's they, good. I'm glad they still used around. to be still around. I, there was one in Arizona where I lived right in Tempe, well, in Bloomington. They for were a long so, time. The right on to go. They're owned by Wyndham. Oh, all right. Thank you for telling yes, us. Yes, now I've checked. Now you, okay. now you know. Now so, we know. Anyway, that was just all about, that was just like a good flashback. Um, so people, do you think people think they look better with the masks on or without? I think people <laughs> think that they look good either way. Some people might be glad that, uh, you know, maybe they don't, they're sensitive about a mole they have or yeah, something. Yeah, or bad teeth. 16% <laughs> yeah. of the people like don't mind, it don't wearing, mind wearing the mask. I smile behind the mask and I feel yeah. like people can tell. Totally. And, yeah, I'm interested in, um, like, Casey couldn't believe. He's like, when we were leaving, I go, I need to wear the Navy mask today. And he said, why? Because it matches. It matches my jacket. Yeah. He was just like, you're kidding. But I, there is it's something. It's time already up. There, we're going to see some mat. We're going to see. That's kind of just part of the fat. I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah. I want us to just, you know, just I'll get on. better. I'll get better and be done. Yeah. Yep. I know. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks for what did we learn? Um, we we learned that we dogged you and didn't invite you, yeah. and you would have probably <laughs> helped us out of that one because that was something. All right, we'll be right back. Well, hello, Julia Claiborne Johnson. Hello. We are so excited to talk to you. We really are. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We're excited. I'm excited to talk to somebody who doesn't live under the same roof with me. Right. (laughs) I saw saw that. Uh, We are really excited. Okay, so we um, read your book, Better Luck Next Time, and we're going to be reading 
your book, for, be frank with me, because this is our first book of yours that we've read. But can uh-huh. we just say that Better Luck Next Time is just such a wonderful, beautiful, incredible book? Yes, you can say that over and over again. And follow me around my house and say it's awesome. And fun. It's so fun. It's so good. Please give people the setup of your story, and then we've got questions for you about how you even came up with this amazing um, story. Oh, well, I'll tell you two. I'll give you two for one. Because in real life during the Depression, my father, who was very handsome and charming and a wonderful dancer, uh, somehow finagled himself into uh, his way into a job as a divorce cowboy on a divorce ranch outside of Reno. For real. And for real. Mm-hmm. Why does my phone keep telling me it's connected? Anyway, um, they uh, that I always thought that was kind of interesting, but it, I was really a grown up before I was like, oh, this is not a job that everybody's <laughs> dad does. Has. Right. And so. And what what happened in the 1930s, I mean, it started before then, but if you wanted to get a quickie divorce, what you did is you went to Nevada, you lived in the state, you could not set a toenail outside of Nevada for those six weeks, then they would make you a citizen and you could get divorced. And um, some smart person who had a dude ranch was like, oh, we could have divorce ranches that cater to these divorcees because... People needed some place to live for those six weeks, right. so why not turn it into a vacation? So they would hire handsome, charming young men to work the ranches, to be the cowboys, and mm. to be sort of like the, you know, the companions, just like, you know, they would play cards with them, they dance with them, with the ladies. And after I did the research for the book, I finally understood what his job was, because I sort of always was like, what, what, what's he doing? What a a wonderful job. I know, but and you think about the people who could afford to get a divorce in the 30s and go there for six weeks, had some money. Mm -hmm. So rich, eccentric people from all different walks of life, but very well-to-do. And I love some of the Mm -hmm. inside things on these women. Um, So, But it was your dad telling you that idea and then that became the book? It's sort of like, yeah. And, you know, people from all walks of life and income brackets went, but the rich ladies would go to the divorce ranch because some people would, like, camp out for six weeks. Right. That's mm-hmm. no fun. I would so, want to go to the um, divorce ranch. Right, the dude ranch <laughs> with the hot sure. cowboys. I mean, what, and if you ever saw that movie from the 1930s called The Women. Yes. Oh, no, woman. And they, they go to the um, to one and that to get a divorce. And that's a very short part of that movie. Mm. But um, it tells from the women's point of view. And to me, this was what made it even more interesting to me because of my father was like, what's it like to be on the other side of that, to be the person who's providing the service versus the person who's taking it in, which that made it kind of more fun for me. But maybe that's just because I had the personal connection. Oh, oh no. It's just... I, I, and then the, now tell people, give the setup of what the story is all about and how, how the you women know, you know, and the women, yeah. just a general okay. setup. Uh, I apologize for my son re- re- retelling us that we're connected. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, what they would do is, I'm sorry, ask me again. I got distracted. Oh, just tell us the setup, you know, about Ward and uh, Nina. Nina and, and, oh, no, it's not, yes, yes, yes. The yeah. setup is like there, our narrator is a guy named Ward, and he had been going to Yale. He's from a small town in West Tennessee, 
which I made up. It's called Whistler, but it was kind of based on a town called mm-hmm. Fells. He was at Yale for a year, and then the bottom fell out through one thing and another, partly because of the de- depression and partly because one of his relatives fleeced his parents. So they're penniless. So they he goes to uh, get a job working at the Boulder Dam as a doing construction and becomes incredibly well muscled as a result of this. And then he hears about this other job and thinks this will be more fun. And so he goes and takes that job. And then there's a, a number of different divorces there. One of them are two main ones. One is named Nina, and she's an aviatrix, and she's six feet tall, and it's her third divorce, and she's probably 32. Mm. And she's a stem, she's a stem winder, which is like somebody who wasn't going to take any guff off her. She's like really fabulous. I love Nina. Oh, and I loved her yeah. too. And Emily is her best. They become instant best friends. And Nina, uh, Emily's very tiny. And she has run off from her philandering husband in San Francisco. And so they become friends, and then, you know, hijinks ensue. Yeah. It's, it's just. And the way you so tell the good. story with, you know, the old, old ward looking back, somebody's obviously interviewing him mm-hmm. and talking back on this time. I really loved that whole mm-hmm. thing because then, you know, the way it on everything, it's just delicious. It was just so good. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, you know, my mother is a doctor. She's 92 years old now. And she delivered thousands of babies and was the center of many people's lives. And like Ward, she's sort of, particularly now, like we can't visit her. So she's like in this very lonely place. And that was sort of where, to me, this was interesting that you could be so vital to so many people's lives and then just be marginalized. So Mm -hmm. that's part of it, too. But that's the, the short, sad part. Most of it's fun. Yes, we, it we, is, and, and Ward reflecting, and, you know, you describe him, the young, as, uh, you know, Cary Grant in Cowboy Boots, but, I mean, honestly, I did just kind of keep, I, like, pictured James Garner from Murphy's oh Romance my God. as Ward. Yes, <laughs> I thought that, too. Did you? If you're just yeah, trying like... Go ahead. We're Uh-oh. talking with Julia Claiborne Johnson, which has that you have a beautiful name. Um, Better Luck Next Time is the book. Lori and I just absolutely love it, and it's different from anything we've read in a while. Um, it, yeah, it just, I like, you know, like your little your little tidbits about a drugstore cowboy. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you you have all these really interesting, the little, you know, his buddy, Ward's buddy, um, Sam and Sam. some of his sayings, and I never knew like suicide blondes were. Was that meant that you dyed your hair with your own hands? <laughs> my, my father used to call them that. So. Yeah, but yeah, no. It's if you've re- if you ever read my first book, it's I live in in L.A. My husband is a is a television writer, and so I know a lot about Los Angeles. And in that book, there's a lot of Hollywood trivia, and I still have so much Hollywood trivia left oh, from it, that. So I was like, oh, here's a place I could use it. So okay. like that's sort of why. There's a Hollywood set designer designs the ranch. So it looks like not what a real ranch looks like, but what women think it should look like. Well, you know, one of the one of the I was talking with your publisher today because we Mm -hmm. were so excited about this. And we're like, this needs to be that you're talking about your husband being a writer. Um, This Mm -hmm. should be a limited series on Netflix or something, because HBO HBO would just have such rich women characters and good looking guys. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a fun story Mm -hmm. that people don't know about the divorce camps, ranches, really. I, from your lips to God's ears. I mean, I'm having like 
all the meetings you could have now are Zoom, but I'm having those. Like, I have another one tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah, let's hope it works out. But, you know, you never know. I mean, right. so many things get optioned, and then they never get made. So Yeah, I know. Fun. That that is true. But, but um, you know, and I was really, this just tickled me. I don't know why. I think maybe because I read this book in my 20s, and then I read it again um, in my 30s. But you... You said that there were two memoirs, um, you know, that you looked to that were helpful for the character of your aviatrix, Nina. And uh-huh. West with the Night um, by Beryl Markham is really one of the greatest The best books, books ever written. I, and I had never read it. How is that possible? Uh, well, I, Lori's told me about it before. Now I, I want to read Julia it. Julia about this book yeah. for years. And I, I just want to ask you, Julia. So you, you've, did someone tell you about that book when you were talking to them about Nina? Or how did you find your way to West no, with the Night? The way I found my way to Nina was that when I was growing up, there was one of my childhood friends' mother was a wasp during World War II, a ah. women's aviation, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I mm-hmm. can't remember what it stands for. And she was about, I don't even think she was five feet tall. And I was always fascinated that this tiny little woman had flown airplanes and done this exciting thing. And uh, I'm going to try not to move. That seems to be throwing my phone off. But then um, I'm a, addicted to obituaries. And I went to see the, or I probably watched, streamed it, um, the New York Times documentary about obituaries. Mm-hmm. And they were showing some, the person, the filmmaker, the one they'd had for the longest. And it was for a woman named Eleanor Smith who, when she was 15 or 16, flew under all of the bridges around Manhattan. Nobody's done it since. That's right. That's an incredible story. And they thought she was going to die young, so they had her obituary, but she lived to be 98, I think. So after that, I was like, an aviatrix. I am in. That's what she's going to be. And I just fell into a black hole of reading all these memoirs. It's such a great title, though, an aviatrix. It sounds kind of body and it sounds version. I mean, that's just what they did. Lori loves obits, too, Julia. Oh, my God. Well, the guy who wrote the funniest obituaries ever in the New York Times was from Shelbyville, Tennessee, my hometown. And that's how I got addicted to them. And there's actually a collection called 52 McGee's, which are his obituaries and you should get it if you love obituaries because we did have have um, the the book obit life on deadline oh okay yeah yeah yeah, we had them on and i remember finding west with the night it was uh, after seeing the uh, movie out of africa and i wanted Mm -hmm. to know more about isaac dennison anyway that's how somebody at a bookstore said, oh, you should read this book, West with the Night, and I've, I've kept that book, and it's just wonderful. So it's I thought so that was great, and you good. really, really did justice with Nina. That Her whole storyline was just so amazing, too. We love your book. Better luck next time. Oh. It's so fun to meet you. All right, so we got to ask you this. What's the last, what? current, you know, recent great book that you've read? Because we've already talked about a few of them. Oh, I read what I finished yesterday was Perestroika in Paris by Jane uh, Smiley. Have you read that? Say it again. Perestroika in Paris. It came out in December, maybe. And it's about uh, a horse and a little boy and a dog in Paris. And um, it's very sweet and it's very calm. Oh, this is an excellent book to read right now because... It is very peaceful. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. You, you're just so, we love your accent, too, and we want to read Be Frank With Me. Oh, I, we totally so are. so bad. Tell your publicist oh. to send it to us. 
Um, and, I will. And she's really good, by the way. Oh, I love her. Yeah, I'm she so called lucky. us out of the blue and was like, you've got to talk to Julia Claiborne. This is the best book. Oh. You're just going to love it. So she does a great job for you. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Good. I'm so glad. Well, you've won us over, Julia. Good. The book, That's what I'm here for. Yeah, better luck next time. <laughs> I think you're just, you know, we know it came out last month, but I think it's just, it was one of the yeah, most yeah. fun reads and different. I see this book. It's going to be a really huge word of mouth book, too, I think. Well, I hope so. It came out on January 6th, and yeah. I don't know if you remember January 6th. Yes. A couple the, of things were happening. Yes, yes there were. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little bit. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, so. no, I, I think that this is going to be a word-of-mouth book because, I mean, a feel-good mm-hmm. literary comedy western that's incredible With and women. the romance and the mm-hmm. story. its We've never read anything like it. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Oh, that good. makes all my me never getting kick, uh, picked for kickball teams in grade school. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julia, we would love to talk with you even if you want to do it about Be Frank With Me because people, not everybody might not know that book. It, it's escaped, very, yeah. It escaped our I attention. Well, thank you, hon. Okay. And cheers. And we'll talk to you soon, we hope. All right. And everybody. I hope so, too. This is fun. Oh, good. All right. And we've got two copies to give away. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. When we come back, it's time to Hollywood Speak. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood. Hollywood Speaking. What is the meaning of this? Uh, By the way, just the uh, better luck next time, the name of that book. Yep. It's what the judge said when he granted oh, the divorce. Right. Better luck next time. Hit the judge, gavel. Judge Bartlett. Yeah, Judge mm-hmm. Bartlett. That, that's where the title came from. I just yeah. thought that was so cute. Okay, so uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, who uh, just can't ever stop giving terrible pseudoscience advice, has now got the director, the the national director of England's National Health Service being asked about her latest stuff that she's shilling for covid she's not shilling covid stuff yes she is julia oh, sorry. this woman yeah no i know well, she invented it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well she's she's basically she was pushing stuff that long-term she said she had long-term COVID covet effects by right, taking right, right. these uh Eating kimchi, taking infrared sign, doing stuff she's selling, crap she's selling, and blah, blah, blah. And that, uh, you know, just made all these just ridiculous claims like she always does. And here's what he said. In the last few days, I see Gwyneth Paltrow is unfortunately suffering from, from the effects of COVID. We wish her well. But the solutions she's recommending are not solutions we recommend in the NHS. We need to take long-term COVID seriously right. and apply serious science. All influencers who use uh-huh. social media have a duty of responsibility and care around that. Good for them. Smack. Smack. I think YouTube and other social media platforms and people who use them have a responsibility. I would agree. So, all right. She's Smack. always getting, 
you know, people and she was probably this doctor was probably asked about oh, it. I'm sure at that something come out of the blue because she had a very long and lengthy post with lots of things you could buy. Were that would help you? That's just I think that's irresponsible right now. You think? I think but she's been doing this yeah, all I know, along. But I feel like with this one, there really are people who are suffering long-term effects. And for her to say that she knows what works for it is really... And to say that, that she's invented me. the masks. I know. that This one gets me, though. Yeah. More so than some of the others. Yeah. I well, get it. She did, I will remind everybody, in 2018, Goop did play a substantial settlement to the state of California about all the health benefits she claimed about her infamous vaginal jade eggs that she was selling for a couple hundred dollars for pushing unscientific Mm -hmm. advice. Mm -hmm. This is a nice way to give yourself a good old uh, vaginitis, putting a jade egg up your hoochie-coo. Have you guys ever purchased anything from Goop? No, No. but Holly buys her cookbooks and likes them. Yeah. People like her cookbooks. That's what I've heard. The cookbooks are a faint, distant memory. With yeah, all this I, I haven't. I haven't. Um, who bought some of the candles? I don't know, but Lynette Beltro is uh, coming back tomorrow. She's, Loop. she's Lori's version of, okay, of good. Loop. 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 Yeah. Loop. Yeah, I mean, has anybody around her even bought one of the candles just as a joke? They're seventy-five or? bucks. Yeah, That's no, too expensive a for test. a joke. I plus shipping and handling. Right. That's why I have Loop, and I came up with my own. And I got the, I collected the toe jam of 500 men. That was a funny video. (laughs) You know, I guess Rocco, it's her stuff is too expensive for a joke. Yeah. You know, so it's, but I, we know someone who bought some of her candles, the vag candles. And did they buy it? As a joke. As a joke. joke. As a joke. So who's laughing? Gwyneth. That's right. right. Yeah. What what did your friend say? Um, just, just because they sold out right away and they were glad they got one. Yeah. So it was kind of an investment piece as it were. Uh, So it's still sealed. (laughs) It's always goop looking down her nose at the peasants, no matter what she's doing. She's so entertaining too. Yeah. I I really, I loop would have this to say to goop. Part of your problem is you're going to perimenopause, honey. That's what some of your brain fatigue is. Just saying she's 48. Perimenopause is brutal on some people. About half the women. Like 50% of the women. It was so brutal on me. Yeah. We almost got a divorce. I know. You and I. Yeah. I know. I I did get a divorce. Yeah. But but. (laughs) let's just say my other marriage did get divorced. That's right. As a result of it. I'm glad we stuck it out. I'm glad. I'll keep you posted because I'm married to a 48 year old woman. Yeah. No, there's 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 hormonal stuff in half of half of women and half of men because men go through it, too. It's called andopause. It doesn't get all the buzz that menopause gets. Right. But But it happens. Men go Mm -hmm. through it. And all it is is that. Your testosterone goes down for men. For a lot of ladies, it goes up. And your estrogen for women goes down, and you will get estrogen. So men get testy, women get testy and, and men, men get, get esty. Okay. Okay, so women get crabby and stronger feeling and, yeah. and bitchy, if I will, because it was me. Mm-hmm. I can own that. And forgetful. And, there was a real forgetfulness oh, and, just, and not sleeping. But really, the bottom line for me was I was bitch. so bad. Oh, you were so mean. I was so crabby and yeah. awful. And, I, and every day, I'd think, today when I get to work, I'm not going to bitch about the traffic or bitch about this or bitch about that. And it would be the first thing that came out of No, you were a bitch machine. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But there are things you can do, people. Go see a metapause specialist. Marco, I had one sleepless night, a hot flash, of and course. discovered Pagne D'Amour, and I went to the doctor, and I'm like, what can I do? What's going she got, on? She gained like two pounds on her back. But still, it was <laughs> Literally, I gained like 19, 25, 30, 40 pounds. Yeah. But yeah. it is a real thing. It, it is a real thing. And, and if your and wife is feeling hormones. anything. It's just like if you're 13 or 14. It's the. Just Remember, the, I went to New Leaf and they put the pellets in my butt. That's not a good idea, the pellets. Well, whatever. It changed my life. It made mm. me feel better for a while. Well, you need infusion. Need you had it. nothing. The first nothing. thing you have to do is get a blood test. You should just get a blood test so you know what your testosterone your baseline is. is. Okay, yeah, Today. Right. Okay. And, people wife, should. and anyone who's listening, you just go and get all your lady hormones. You gotta trust us. We've been through it. And all your and your man hormones and just know where you're at because it doesn't go, well, you're within the range. Well, what if you're a high testosterone person? Right. Right. You know. That's good to know. Yeah, then at least you know your base. You know your base. Okay. Yeah. Thank it's you. For just the a blood test. White lines. We, we, yeah, we are we are here to guide people <laughs> through you. the men- we, perimenopausal, spirit- menopausal, and Andopause. Andopause. We've Adjacent. been there. It's not fun and you can do something about it. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. That's All right. Good. Well, there's Hollywood speaking. Yeah. We'll be right back.